Hey, Matt, thanks for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation about the payables friction index that we collaborated on. And, you know, I, I can't believe here we are in the digital age, it's 2019, yet so many AP departments are still using facts. I can't even believe that one or, 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 or mail, um, to receive and send, um, invoices and, and their, and their payables. Why is that? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it resides in a couple of, um, couple of buckets. One, I think, um, you know, you have a tremendous amount of, uh, what I would call kind of historical inertia to, to overcome. So whether that's on the supplier side or on the buyer side, you know, there's the kind of um, inertia that exists from, look, this is how we've always done it. Right. Um, and this mindset of, you know, um, you know, in their view, <laughs> if it's not broke, why fix it? Even though we all know that, you know, if they are still doing fax or, or mail, it is, it is broken, but it's not, <laughs> You know, it's not felt acutely enough to the folks that are, um, you know, would be responsible for driving that change within those organizations for them to to make that change. So I think that's, you know, that's one piece of the puzzle, which is, you know, that that inertia that has to be overcome and that driver of, um, you know, you know, change is hard, uh, and so there needs to be a, a real driver behind that change. And you know, for for whatever reason, it hasn't you know taken place in a lot of these organizations. And then I think, uh, you know, I think secondarily to that, I think it comes down to, um, you know, just a strategy, an overall strategy for managing an entire, you know, kind of B2B ecosystem. If you're, again, on the buy side of the equation from a payables perspective, uh, you know, you have all these suppliers out there that have different capabilities. Yep. Uh, and if you're not a company that has, you know, a lot of scale and a lot of uh, stick, uh, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know, you're not in a position to, you know, mandate to your suppliers uh, to do something differently. Right. And so, you know, they they find it difficult to go out to their supplier world and talk to suppliers who are managing all sorts of different customer relationships and saying, hey, I need you to do a specific, uh, you know, specific way uh, for me that that's different from what you're doing with, with other customers. So, it becomes this, um, you know, it becomes this struggle to say, okay, not only initially am I going to go out and try and drive change across by across my supply base, but then, oh, as I evolve my supply base and I add new suppliers and and develop new B two B relationships, um, I've got to stay on top of that and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to get my uh, my suppliers to where I want them to be. So it's that, you know, it's that struggle to kind of say, okay, um, I have, you know, I have desires on my side and, mm-hmm. and do those desires align with, um, you know, all of my suppliers and in situations where, uh, they don't align, you know, again, based on, you know, kind of the, the name of the study here, how do I, right. how do I eliminate that friction? Yeah. But don't suppliers, um, provide a little, a little push or a little, a little nudge on wanting to be paid more efficiently? I mean, is it, is that, does that tension need to happen in order for payables to decide they need to change, or or maybe the fax machines need to break? I don't I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you know I think in, in all these situations it's um, you know it truly is an ecosystem, and I think right. that's what gets lost on on a lot of folks here is you know you have um, 
you have suppliers that can't live without buyers and buyers that can't live without suppliers. And right. um, to improve the overall ecosystem, you have to get some sort of, um, you know, some sort of joint motivation to move in the right direction. And so I think where there's that joint motivation, um, that's where progress is made. And that's mm-hmm. where you see kind of optimal efficiency. Uh, where you don't have that kind of joint motivation or that joint view or vision on how to best, um, you know, manage these processes is where you start to get that friction. Uh, and even when you have two parties that, you know, really want to do the right thing, uh, in their view, their, their versions of the right thing might be, uh, you know, arrived at two totally different ways. And then you get a staring contest between the two parties saying, oh, well, you know, I've created this great system for, mm-hmm. um, you know, emailing out PDFs of invoices. And then the buyer says, well, I've invested in this system that, you know, really needs a direct, you know, kind of raw data feed. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, well, who's going to, you know, who's going to blink first? So I think, right. um, you know, looking at it as a true ecosystem and then um, figuring out, you know, how to, you know, how to remove the friction from that ecosystem can't be a kind of single tracked um, initiative. It's got to be, uh, you know, something that requires uh, diversity of solutions and an ability to, again, try and meet your, your B2B partners where they're at in a way that creates, you know, efficiency for both sides. One of the things we observed was the the friction associated with the invoice approval process, because nothing can happen, p- payment can't happen until that right. happens. And so that, you know, that's a problem um, that appears to be, you know, squarely in the lap of the payables folks who need to figure out how to route um, invoices for approval. H- how can we address that particular friction, perhaps to accelerate the rest of the process? Yes, I think it's it's a key, you know, it's a key part of the equation. And and quite honestly, a lot of you know slow, um, slower payment scenarios or payments or scenarios where payments are being made slower than than desired really is, is rooted in that issue that you talked about right there from an approval process perspective. So it's not, it's not like uh, companies, you know, are trying to pay slow or, you know, don't have the ability to uh, make the payment on some of these uh, transactions. It's that their own internal processes and process uh, deficiencies, you know, are what's really kind of gumming up the work. And I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, attributable to what has traditionally been a lack of, um, a lack of collaboration between uh, procurement and finance. Mm-hmm. And so you have really uh, two significant, you know, areas of a business that are involved in that process. So you've got, you know, a procurement on the front end that's not only, you know, sourcing the supplier relationship, setting up the, uh, you know, negotiating the terms, both the terms in terms of pricing as well as payment terms, and uh, having that opportunity on the front end to, um, you know, establish the relationship with that supplier that also would, you know, in, a, in an ideal world, set up a, a really efficient process for how, you know, purchase orders and invoices and transactions are going to be exchanged. Mm-hmm. And then you have the finance department that's responsible, you know, once those relationships are established for then, you know, the ongoing kind of processing of invoices and, and ultimately payments. And where you don't have collaboration there, is where things, uh, you know, seem to get off track in terms of, um, you know, kind of, you know, the the payables group being kind of the last to know situation where it's like, all right, you know, this relationship's been established, you know, things have been negotiated, um, you know, purchasing has started, 
And then guess what? The invoice shows up, um, you know, essentially out of nowhere and payables is saying, okay, um, we've never seen this supplier before. We don't have them set up in our ERP system. Um, we don't know who to route this invoice to for approval. Uh, and, and thus you've got that, you know, kind of uh, scramble that needs to take place to right. figure out all those key, uh, key pieces of information. So I think, you know, the extent, and we're seeing a little bit more of that um, and, and really trying to ourselves drive more of that collaboration between procurement and finance so that the full life cycle of a supplier relationship is evaluated up front and is established up front so that then when transactions start to flow, uh, you know, processes are in place, it's smooth, you know, the routing of approvals smooth, the payments are made on time. And again, that, that whole ecosystem, you know, is healthier from that. Is part of the friction because there's still so much, so much paper would, would making all of this digital be a step in the right direction, at least from an invoicing perspective? It, you know, it absolutely would. It's, you know, taking, you know, all, all the, if you think about it in simple terms, all of the information, you know, starts out digitally and ends up digitally. Right, right, right. <laughs> so the extent that you can, you know, you can keep it digital in between is is what's going to, you know, be the most efficient and less error-prone methodology to the extent that you're taking digital information, putting it on a piece of paper, and then moving a piece of paper around mm-hmm. or, um, you know, something to that effect, you know, introduces all sorts of, um, you know, opportunities for uh, inefficiencies. And so, uh, it's, it's a big piece of the, the puzzle. And, you know, fortunately in this day and age, there's so many different op- uh, options in terms of, you know, being able to manage things digitally that really all the tools and the technology are there to do it. And so, you know, I always look at things in terms of, a, you know, kind of three key factors, which I would call uh, people, process, and technology. Mm-hmm. And the people and process side of the thing is a lot of times it gets in the way of the technology piece, right? So you either have, um, you know, people, uh, you know, that, that have somewhat of an old-school mindset or you have processes and or processes that are based in kind of old-school mindsets that inhibit, you know, leveraging the technologies that's available uh, and that's evolving at a rapid pace from actually being uh, utilized in a way that can, you know, streamline the, the whole process. So I think getting, you know, Getting involved with the people uh, to put the right process in place leads to the ability to leverage the technology, which will ultimately lead to, you know, uh, removing a lot of this friction that exists. Does volume help? I ask because we observe that um, firms' index scores appear to be better the more invoices they process per month. And I, I wonder whether... It's, you know, necessity is the mother of invention where the volume forces um, a fix that creates more of an opportunity to be digital and and therefore more efficient. Yeah, I think it ties back to one of the things I I mentioned uh, at the beginning here, which is, you know, there's got to be, in order to drive uh, change and in order to kind of uh, displace or overcome the inertia that exists, there's got to be that acute pain felt Mm -hmm. um, by somebody in the kind of decision-making chain, chain in order for change to be made. And I think as volumes start to increase, uh, inevitably businesses realize, uh, you know, the way that we've always done things is not scaling well. Mm-hmm. And what got us here isn't what's going to get us where we're trying to get to. And so um, companies start to become a victim of their own growth mm-hmm. and start to say, 
geez, we're getting buried in our own, you know, inefficiencies here as we, as we have success from a business perspective. And that, that creates that kind of acute pain to be felt to say, okay, we've got to find a better way for this or else, um, you know, we're going to be adding, uh, you know, expenses in the same pace that we're adding, you know, new business. And that's obviously not the idea. And so I think it's, you know, it's the volume, you know, that helps expose, you know, the, the inefficiencies and helps drive that acute pain to be felt for people in the, you know, in the C-suite, you know, CFOs uh, in particular to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to mandate that, you know, we as an organization, you know, drive for, for more efficiency and a better process. Yeah. I, I was wondering whether that moves the, the item up the agenda um, for the CFO, because I, I can't imagine that that organizations are happy about the inefficiencies, but when it comes to prioritizing spend, um, it doesn't always yeah. you know make it into the top three. So is 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 this really the big pain point? I mean, we can talk about supplier satisfaction, we can talk about you know payable right. satisfaction, but is this really the big pain point that gets people to move? I believe it is. Yeah, I think everything, you know, kind of boils down to, uh, at the end of the day, a dollars and cents equation. And when, right. um, you know, when, when businesses start to scale, and they can see, you know, real, they can draw a real kind of direct line to um, expenses expanding at a rate that they don't want them to expand at, or even the, you know, the opposite of that of saying, look, if I, if I move to a more efficient process, I can see, you know, real, you know, material benefits dropping to the bottom line, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You start to see these things rise up the, the project list and the priority list uh, of strategic initiatives. And I think, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You have, uh, you get very little, um, you know, at least in the businesses I deal with that haven't dealt with this, uh, you know, you get very little pushback on companies saying, you know, that it isn't the right direction to go in to, to move from, you know, manual and paper-based processes to more digitized and automated process, mm -hmm. you get a little resistance on that. I say, absolutely, that's, you know, that's the direction we should be going in. We should certainly be doing it. Um, but then it's like, okay, so, you know, when are you going to do something about it? Right. Well, we, you know, we're replacing our ERP right. system and right. we've got this going on and that going on. And it's like, all right, well, I can hear in this, you know, description, this isn't going to happen, you know, this year or next year or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's where does it fall, like you said, on the priority list and, you know, the more material uh, either the, you know, the expense becomes of, of the inefficiencies or the more material the, the savings would, would be from, from that, that, that transformation, you know, the, the higher up it rises and that's when action gets taken. Is that also then what, what causes payables departments to apply a little bit more pressure um, on suppliers to accept a new way to be paid? It is absolutely. I think it, it's it's rooted in again the you know the driving the efficiencies, and then ultimately, if you're talking about um, you know if you're talking about uh, for example like a you know a virtual card scenario, uh, even taking it beyond the process efficiencies to um, you know to the ability to actually generate uh, revenue, you yeah. know to generate funds from that yep. process that can help either fund a a, a project or, you know, essentially create a, a revenue stream that, you know, again, those are the types of things when you're, you know, when you're sitting in front of a CFO and talking about, um, you know, some, some efficiency improvements and some process improvements, 
that's one conversation. When you're sitting in front of a CFO and starting to talk about, you know, um, you know, ability to uh, generate revenue and, you know, increase the bottom line uh, in a material way, you know, that's going to get a whole nother, uh, you know, whole nother set of attention. Are you finding that those kinds of conversations are happening now more frequently because, you know, business, the business environment is quite, is quite strong. And I do think that, uh, you know, the ecosystem that you talk about where buyers and suppliers have to work together and find common ground. I, I do think there's genuine interest in making sure that people are paid when they're supposed to be paid and, and certainly frustration when that when that doesn't happen. But but are you seeing a little bit of uh, a little bit of breakthrough in terms of the kinds of conversations you're having with folks about making these improvements? Yeah, and I am. And I think the thing that I'm most encouraged by is that uh, one of the one of the things that I've was, has said has been kind of the the problem with the conversation up to this point has been, you know, it's been looked at in, in very kind of small slivers. So you have, um, you know, folks that were just looking at, um, you know, the payments part of the equation or even inside of the payments, you know, right. just, uh, you know, again, for like a card solution example uh, and focused myopically on that. What, what I'm happy to see is that people have stepped back and, and understood that, you know, you got to look at the whole, you know, the whole transaction life cycle and the whole relationship life cycle um, to put a solution in place that's going to, you know, that's going to be really, really valuable. And, you know, so understanding all the things that need to be done, you know, from that upfront sourcing all the way through to the execution of payments and everything in between, you know, putting together a, um, you know, putting together a model that addresses every step of that life cycle I see as where the conversation is going. And like I said, that's very encouraging because, it's something that I've felt very strongly about is, you know, you got to look at this holistically mm-hmm. within your own organization. So the whole source of pay cycle, but you also have to look at it holistically, you know, in terms of the relationship with the supply side of the equation. So, you know, you can't be going out to suppliers and just saying, Hey, I, uh, I'm rolling out a card program and you need to start taking a card because I said, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to get one level of adoption. Right. If you make it part of a, a, bi- a bigger overarching improvement, initiative where you say, look, we're going to optimize the process for how we're going to, uh, you know, deliver orders to you, uh, how we're going to allow the invoicing to be uh, streamlined and efficient, how we're going to uh, leverage these improvements to, to pay you on time, how we're going to give you very tightly integrated remittance information that allow you to do your cash application process mm-hmm. in a more efficient way. You know, expanding the conversation to that is a whole nother yep. uh, level of uh, you know, acceptance and receptiveness from the supply side than just trying to, you know, jam something down uh, supplier's throat that just solves a very kind of small portion of their overall overall business world. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But but do but do companies believe this to be a much bigger lift? Uh, I mean, again, going back to the how do you get this on the agenda? I mean, this is the right way to approach it. But now you're involving lots more pieces of the puzzle and that may be perceived as more work. Well, it is more work, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think a huge part of this whole uh, equation, and it's really what companies are looking for, is, is really addressing the whole kind of change management uh, aspect of it. So mm-hmm. uh, again, I think putting a, a roadmap in front of uh, you know a, a company uh, that says, look, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do all this all at once, all overnight, but here's a you know, here's a roadmap for, you know, what we're going to yep. address first, second, third, fourth, 
Uh, here's how we're going to attack it from a people process technology perspective. Uh, really gives you know companies comfort that that they can see how to get from where they are today to where they're trying to get to in a very logical fashion. And I see that being what gets received very well uh, because a lot of these folks say, again, I know I need to do something about this. I know where I should be, but I don't know where to start. Right. And if you you know if you don't help paint that vision of how to get from where they are to where they're trying to get to in a very logical fashion, then it does become overwhelming and it does become something that, you know, uh, folks will just say, look, I can't, you know, I can't take that on right now versus, you know, laying it out in some very logical steps uh, and doing it in a phased approach uh, makes it much more palatable. When you do that, where do people generally start? What's the, what's the cornerstone of, of that roadmap? So to me, the, the cornerstone is really starting uh, with the, um, you know, the evaluation of what your uh, supplier ecosystem looks like. So, um, you know, making sure that you have a, you know, really good, you know, sourcing and procurement strategy in place so that you know, you know, who your partners are, mm-hmm. uh, not only today, but who, who your partners should be going forward. Because, you know, if you're out there with, you know, a, a broken, you know, procurement or sourcing strategy, you might have 20 office supply vendors when you only need two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to roll a solution out to all 20 of those office supply vendors that's going to revolve, evolve process change, that's, you know, 10 times harder than rolling it out to two, right? Sure. So if you get your, you know, your ecosystem where it needs to be, you have the right sourcing strategy, then you become really strategic, especially for kind of the 80-20 rule, you know, the the 20% of your suppliers that are driving 80% of your activity, you know, that gives you a very kind of focused group to say, okay, if nothing else, if I just deal with this 20% of my suppliers that that generate 80% of my activity, um, you know, I'm going to be way better off than I am today. And then as a next phase, I can start to dig into kind of that long tail of suppliers that you know, don't generate a ton of volume and therefore aren't, you know, impacting my world mm-hmm. uh, as much as that other group is. But to even get to that 80-20 rule, you have to have, you know, a very, you know, analytical approach to kind of doing your spend analytics and saying, okay, this is where I am at today. And with some, you know, with some help and some advisory assistance, um, you know, you can really, um, you know, hone in on what the future of that, that supplier world should look like which then, you know, everything kind of dovetails from there because then you can start to, you know, engage those suppliers on, on good conversations around how to exchange orders and invoices, how to exchange payments from a modality and timing perspective and, and really get uh, a good solution in place. And, and if all else fails, hide or break the fax machines, right? <laughs> Push it off the cliff, right? <laughs> Push it off the cliff. Well, Matt, thank, thanks for your time. I enjoyed the conversation. Great insights. Look forward to the next conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it myself as well. Bye-bye thank now. You.